Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. I'm Anne, and with co-host Bill, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present, and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Today the focus of our program is on Al-Anon family groups. Al-Anon is a fellowship of relatives and friends of alcoholics who share their experience, strength and hope in order to solve their common problems. Al-Anon believes that alcoholism is a family illness and that changed attitudes can aid recovery. This week I'm joined by Mike, a member of Al-Anon from here in Melbourne. Welcome Mike. Thanks for your welcome. Great to have you on the show. Um, all ready to tell us your story? I think I am, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, what about starting off uh, telling us where and when you grew up and a little bit about your childhood? Okay, so where I grew up was in uh, Melbourne. I uh, was born in a hospital in Richmond that no longer exists, I think. Uh, and I grew up in Melbourne. Uh, we lived in uh, Melbourne's... Uh, southeastern suburbs, uh, went to school in Melbourne, uh, after school um, I did enrol in university uh, and graduated uh, from university and subsequently wound up in Sydney, working in Sydney, which is in fact where I got into Al-Anon. How's that for my first answer? Okay, that was a very good first answer. <laughs> was, there any, was there any drinking or any other kind of dysfunction in your family? Uh, before you went to Sydney? Well, there was dysfunction, but um, there was no alcoholism in in, um, my family of origin. Uh, In fact, my mother uh, would hardly touch alcohol. Um, If there was, you know, champagne at the Christmas table, she would have, you know, about two teaspoons full, and that was it. Um, And my father's not an alcoholic. But in terms of... um, as I've um, uh, got recovery uh, in the Al-Anon program, what I've come to realise and face up to is that um, my father's pattern of work was uh, very unhealthy uh, for the family. So he was what I would call a workaholic and he would work uh, um, really six and a half days a week. And he, when he got home at night, he would have dinner with my mother and then he'd go to work and he'd work in his study until one o'clock or sometimes two o'clock in the morning. And then he'd be up at seven and he'd drive us to school and then he'd go off to the office and the process would repeat itself. And I just accepted that as children do. I mean, you just accept the family mm, that you've mm. grown up in. You don't have a sort of uh, highly developed uh, sense of, contrast and critical awareness when you're 10 years old. Mm. Um, 
and uh, my mother uh, sadly starved herself, so she was an, uh, and still is an anorexic. Um, and again, I, I guess at some level I knew that there was something not right, but my level of self-awareness and my ability to face up to what was going on around me that was unhealthy in our family was very, very low. And so I didn't really realise that these were uh, behavioural defects uh, until I'd got a measure of recovery through sharing my story and listening to other people's story in the Al-Anon program. And I, I should say I'd, I'd been going to Al-Anon meetings for a while and then by that stage my parents were living in Sydney. They'd moved from Melbourne um, uh, to Sydney and um, they'd come back uh, to visit um, and we were having dinner in town and I don't know how it came about but my mother disclosed that her grandfather would smell of whiskey at 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, I, and I was in, uh, you know, I've been uh, involved in the Al-Anon meetings for quite a while by this stage. And, of course, the penny dropped. Mm. Oh, so that's where the alcoholism was in the family. And I asked a few probing questions, and to my amazement, my mother um, disclosed that her grandfather's son, who was her mother's brother, uh, was an alcoholic who left his wife and just disappeared. Mm. I just went absent without leave, so to speak. So it was. It became very um, much clearer then uh, yep. <laughs> that, 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 you know, I could pinpoint where the alcoholism was in our family tree. So it wasn't my parents, uh, uh, but it, it has been in the family tree. So that's my long-winded answer. To no, your no, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> and uh, what, what about your, your mother's um, uh, eating disorder and your father's, we could perhaps call it working disorder yes, um yeah. how does that how did that in retrospect impact on you as a 10 year old or, or whatever age you'd like well, to go I, to yeah sure um and i don't i don't know enough about my father's family tree um uh but my father was and and still is um uh n- not able to relate to me uh, in a way that I feel a father ought to be able to relate to their child. Mm. I mean, I've let go of that now. I've got no expectations of my father now, and that's thanks to the program. But again, you know, when you're six years old or seven years old or 10 years old, I mean, you simply don't have the uh, a level of self-awareness, nor um, or most people don't have that, uh, or an ability to detach from a dysfunctional environment to say, hey, that's not healthy, my needs are not being met. Mm. I mean, for goodness sake, when you're young, you, you know, you really don't have um, awareness about what your emotional needs are. In hindsight, I can say, okay, Dad uh, was doing the best that he, uh, that he could. He was operating from a limited frame of reference emotionally and he simply wasn't able to relate to me emotionally. Mm. Um, and that was made that was aggravated by the fact that physically he was so often not around Mm. i mean he was working all the time and we were not to interrupt him because he was in his study working or he was overseas he had a uh he had a he was on a career path and had his sights set high and his work increasingly involved overseas travel so he would 
um, increasingly be gone for four weeks, six weeks at a time. And my mother had to look after us. And um, uh, I was talking to oh, somebody about two years ago, and I think quite accurately, they, uh, I was talking about my mother and um, how sort of moody she was and how she'd just disappear and leave me and my older brother and subsequently me and my younger brother just to fend for ourselves. And this person that I was talking to said, it sounds like your mother was chronically depressed. Mm. And I thought, that's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly what she was. She's chronically depressed um, because her husband wasn't around. She had to raise three boys on her own and Mm. she wasn't working. uh, And she was sort of trapped in the house. And I think for a a little while, she didn't have a car, you know, so Mm. she was really trapped. So, I, I mean, it's it's... I think the beauty of the Al-Anon program is by hearing other people sharing confidentially and anonymously because what people share in the meetings stays in the meeting and and that is reinforced every meeting so that people develop a sense, people like me, you know, who come in nervous and anxious Mm. and wondering what what is it all about, fairly quickly develop a sense of trust that this is a safe place to listen and a a safe place to share. Mm-hmm. And through listening to other people's uh, journey, their personal stories, and gradually learning myself to share little bit by little bit, uh, um, uh, um, what's the word? Denial. Yes. You know, denial is broken down. It's such a powerful thing. I mean, we develop uh, d- denial um, as a protective mechanism because uh, life is just too painful without it. And it's easy. It's sort of like a a, a mental anaesthetic. Mm. Um, uh, um, if you grow up in a family that's affected by alcoholism, as mine was, so it was my great grandfather and his son who were the alcoholics. But the dysfunction, the controlling and obsessive behaviours, the lack of being present, the lack of ability to relate uh, and to develop normal, healthy. Um, emotional relationships, that followed down the family line. And, you know, myself and my brothers were the inheritors, the unfortunate inheritors <laughs> of, of that dysfunction. Well, the denial that goes with the, I guess you call it the emotional pain that is generated, particularly when you're young mm. and have got no ability to get perspective on your situation, let alone leave your situation. You know, I mean, you mm. can't, you can hardly walk out of the house when you're six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that that's what traps, that's what trapped me. Um, and it really, it wasn't until I, you know, heard other people sharing that I started that denial about my feelings and what I was really feeling underneath that gradually started to break down. And, and Mike, um, when the denial lifted, what was revealed about your feelings? Well, a whole range of feelings, Anne. Um, I mean, really, a whole range of feelings. I think one of the early feelings was relief. I remember going... I was actually living in Sydney at the time, and it was... Uh, I was. I just... I hadn't been going... I'd been going to a church for a little while as an adult, and I'd found that really helpful, and the pastor was very shrewd and very insightful, had a lot of discernment. He'd met my parents and I think he'd put two and two together and he said to me, I went to see him one day about uh, 
uh, about a relationship um, issue. And during the course of the conversation, he said, look, I think you would benefit from talking to Dr XYZ, whoever, whatever the doctor's name was, in Sydney, who specialises in 12-step programs. And that was the best recommendation. So I went to see this doctor and he... Um, he asked a whole lot of diagnostic questions, which, um, uh, what's the word, Ma- made me very anxious because, mm. of course, what he was doing was probing and probing into areas that I was uncomfortable about him asking questions on, mm. like, you know, is there any addiction in your family? Tell me about your mother and all of that sort of thing. And, and at the time, I, beca- I actually became very defensive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was very patient with me. He was taking notes, you know, how doctors <laughs> take clinical notes. And, and I just panicked and I said, you've got to stop that. You've got to stop taking those notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the degree of fear and anxiety and uh, obsessive controlling behaviour yeah. that people who are affected by alcohol... Um, like I have been, can display when they're feeling challenged. And boy, was I feeling challenged. Anyway, he put up with that and he said, look, I think you'd really get help by checking out Al-Anon. So I went to uh, the first Al-Anon meeting up at Bondi Junction and I think I was expecting everybody to be in straitjackets or something. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was very, very nervous going to my first meeting. So it was a surprise and it was a relief. This is getting back to, you know, what emotions did I go through? It was a relief to discover, well, actually, these people are pretty normal, but they're just willing to share at a level of honesty that I've never encountered before Mm. in a group setting. And it was just so refreshing to begin with. So I think my first emotion was, golly, this is a relief and... (laughs) I feel safe and it's very refreshing. I mean, I couldn't understand it. The, um, I just kept going back because the the GP who specialised in 12-step uh, work and, addic- you know, helping people with addictions uh, had said to go. So that was, that was a really great, um, what's the word, way into Al-Anon, but yes. relief and uh, um, I guess a progressive freedom from fear Mm -hmm. Uh, were probably the first things that I felt, Anne. Mm -hmm. And that would have been followed in time by getting in touch with other emotions that were there. So sadness, sadness over all of the things that, you know, my parents hadn't been able to Mm. give me in terms of emotional support growing up. Um, All of my father's rejecting behaviours, which were so painful as a child and which I'd wallpapered over emotionally with my level of denial, that started to come up uh, bit by bit. Um, And uh, um, uh, feeling, uh, um, but I think basically feeling and being able to name feelings is the great gift of Al-Anon, it, because mm. it break, I keep using this word denial. I think if you grow up in a family affected by alcoholism, as I was, um, the denial is very strong and it, uh, alcoholism um, thrives where people deny what they're really feeling because coping with an alcoholic yeah. or coping with that is just so painful. It's so bloody difficult that people just shut down emotionally and that's how it you know, gets away with murder. Yeah. Um, and the 
Al-Anon um, meetings, you know, they're anonymous and confidential, um, and they're people from all walks of life. You know, there are doctors and lawyers there, there are plumbers, there are street sweepers, um, there are people who are working, there are people who are not working, there are students, you know, it's just the whole spectrum yep. of society because alcoholism is everywhere in yep. society. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people just share their stories, and that helps. That really helped me to realize, oh, I can identify with that part of their story. And that would bring up emotions, relief, um, sometimes bring up fear, and I wouldn't know what the fear was about, and the fear might sit with me, you know, even for weeks uh, until it sort of gradually resolved itself and I moved forward. Um, But also, uh, I think the ability to experience um, really positive emotions, uh, gladness, gratitude, joy, um, positive emotions for the good things in my life. So Al-Anon has been a door through which I've been uh, walking that's opened up a whole new emotional world for me. Mm. And that's a great gift of this program, Anne. Mm. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, That's a good place to take a break. So we'll take our first break. Um, and we'll uh, play a song by the Teskey Brothers, Warrandyte Band, who are making it big in the world. Um, and this this song is called uh, They Call This Pain. They call this pain Oh, mm-hmm. 
was the news Without a rope on the seats I exiled I didn't know My sorrow didn't go to land But this loan I made a line I climbed high charity or community group looking for office space or a co-working space, Ross House has rooms of different sizes available, from 15 metres squared to 100 metres squared, at affordable prices. Many charity groups already call Ross House home, so if you're interested in joining a vibrant community or working towards social justice and environmental sustainability, please visit rosshouse.org.au or contact reception during office hours on 9650 Ross House is a 3CR supporter. From coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots derived grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times and don't get feeling blue. Welcome back to the Living Free Show on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also phone us 
uh, sorry, contact us by phone, email or Twitter. I'm talking today with Mike, a member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon. Mike is uh, based here in Melbourne and um, was just telling us of some of the benefits of Al-Anon in um, allowing him to come out of denial and get in touch with emotions that he hadn't identified um, in the household where he grew up. So welcome back, Mike. Thanks, Anne. Uh, can you give us a little bit of detail on that first Al-Anon meeting in Bondi, what did you say, Bondi Junction? Yes. Yeah, what was that it, like? Well, as I, I parked the car and walked down the street to the meeting. I was feeling very nervous. And as I said before the break, um, I was thinking, oh, gee, you know, I've been referred here by a doctor who specialises in addictions and recovery from addictions. Is everybody going to be in a straitjacket? Mm. Um, <laughs> it was in a community centre, one of the neighbourhood houses, I think, uh, up at Bondi Junction, because I was living in Sydney at the time. And I walked in and um, uh, firstly, nobody was wearing a straitjacket. <laughs> it was a Saturday afternoon. It was a two o'clock meeting on a Saturday afternoon. And people were milling around and uh, some were making coffee in the little uh, kitchen uh, off the room where the Al-Anon meeting was taking place. And I suppose there were about... There, it was quite a large meeting, Anne. I think there were probably about 40 people there. And... Um, uh, it's a while ago now, but to the best of my recollection, I would have been welcomed, you know, and people would have just said, hello, uh, how are you, that sort of thing. And then the meeting started and we all just sat down and there was somebody chairing the meeting and I didn't know anything about Alan on it at that stage. I didn't have any idea what um, to expect. So I think I, once I walked in and realised, okay, these are just, ordinary-looking people here. <laughs> I think I probably started to relax. I'm sure I sat right up the back, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, to kind of be as invisible as possible. And um, whoever was uh, uh, chairing the meeting that day read an introduction about Al-Anon, uh, said, if anybody's a newcomer, um, uh, welcome. Uh, you'll hear the word God mentioned uh, here in the meeting, this is um, a God of your own understanding. It could be as simple as G-O-D, good orderly direction in your life or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so there was, uh, there was what I'll call a preamble that whoever was chairing, uh, um, I think it was a woman actually that was chairing the meeting uh, on that particular day. And then she invited, she got through the preamble and then uh, and she emphasised that who, uh, who you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here, in other words, confidentiality, mm-hmm. and that um, encouraged everybody just to focus on recovery through the Al-Anon program. Um, so it was good to have confidentiality uh, really spelt out and emphasised. Uh, and then she, I think she just invited people, uh, you know, to uh, come up the front and... Uh, 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 share for a few minutes about uh, their journey in recovery from alcohol. So I just sat there having no idea and what to expect. Um, And I listened and I remember being astonished that uh, here were people one after the other who would share for two or three or four minutes or whatever it was a piece and they would just be so honest. (laughs) And it was... 
to me, having grown up in a family that was full of secrets and you couldn't talk about things, you know, everything was swept under the carpet, uh, where my parents did, um, basically had two emotions. One was angry and the other one was numb. Mm-hmm. And that, w- that was it in our family. So to uh, see people going through a range of emotions and sharing about their experiences was really a revelation yeah. uh, to me. I'd, I'd never experienced such a helpful level of honest sharing uh, by both men and women. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is... I mean, I didn't put words to it because the first meeting was just... I just sat there listening. And in fact, for the first... It would have been the first half dozen meetings because I thought, this is actually really good. And after the meeting, um, you know, there was tea and coffee and biscuits and people were chatting to me um, and, uh, you know, just helping me to feel welcome. Uh, and the meeting went for about an hour and a half. And then I drove home, and I, I had a, I'd had a positive experience. And as I mentioned before the break earlier, Anne, it was a GP specialising in addictions who'd recommended that I check out Al-Anon. Um, and so I went back the following Saturday, and it was the same. You know, <laughs> there were just perfectly normal people there, willing to share as honestly as they could about their journey. Um, in recovery from being affected by somebody else's drinking. And it was, and this went on week after week for about six weeks. And then I think it was probably on week seven that whoever was chairing, because whoever chairs, it, it's a, um, it changes from week to week. Uh, you know, mm. people just volunteer to chair the following week. It's not a big deal. Mm. And they read the preamble and then they just at random ask people to, if they want to come up and share for a couple of minutes about, you know, their journey in recovery. Um, and I think it was on about week seven uh, that I was asked if I would share. And because I was by that stage a familiar face at this <laughs> Saturday meeting, I felt, oh, well, I can hardly say no. So having really no idea what to say, I went up the front and I, I don't know what I said. I mumbled something and um, everybody clapped, which <laughs> was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Surprising. Uh, <laughs> so that was really quite surprising. So I don't know what I shared, and I, I, whatever I shared, it w- would have been very limited because I was at a very early stage in recovery, and mm. this was the first time I'd ever sh- shared anything about, you know, why mm. I'd come to the meeting. So I was, I can tell you, I was pretty darn frozen mm-hmm. up the front. But what it was so. Um, encouraging, you know, that people just accepted me as I am Mm. and affirmed me as I am, you know, and I Mm. I, I don't think I've shared for more than, I don't know, two minutes or something. I think I probably froze up after that (laughs) time. (laughs) But, yeah, so those those were my early experiences um, in... in yeah, go on. Sorry, go no, on. sorry to interrupt. Um, no, that's a long time ago, I think, um, from yeah, what we said right. be- when we chatted off air before. Yes, um, yes. What's kept you coming back? You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. 
Well, uh, I enjoyed the meetings. I, I didn't make a sort of um, an assessment of everything. I just thought this is really good. I think in hindsight, one of the feelings that Alan has helped me to get in touch with and work through is loneliness. Uh-huh. So I, I came into Alanon without realising that actually inwardly I was profoundly lonely. And I was profoundly lonely because I had all of these secrets and all of this stuff and all of this history of fam- going up in a family affected by alcoholism uh, and all the emotional brutality that goes with that. And I'd never told anybody. So, of course, I was lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, loneliness is only sort of broken down when we reveal who we are and are accepted for who we are. And that's what I discovered by default Mm. in Al-Anon. And... um, I've just I've just forgotten your question. <laughs> it's it's um, you, you, the the relief that you felt in being able to um, open up and hear other people's people open up when you first got there is palpable. It's the big yes. thing for you. It's that really yes. that ability to That's feel right. feel That's and recognise all your down. emotions. So is, right. is it still working in that way for you um, all uh, these years later, or is it working in different ways? Well, it is, um, and. Uh, uh, I think every meeting I go to, there's always some sharing which hits a new area of my heart, a new area mm. for growth, a new area of self-awareness, a new area of recovery. Um, and that's why I keep coming back, because I find it health-giving, I find it life-giving. Um, it's a great place, Al-Anon, all, all the 12-step programs, you know, whether it's Al-Anon or, or any of the 12-step programs, mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, they just, um, they work because it's a flat-level playing field. Mm-hmm. Everybody there comes in broken. Everybody there comes in recognising to a greater or lesser degree that they're broken and they don't know what to do about it, that mm-hmm. they're broken and that they're powerless over their mm-hmm. present life situation and they're seeking relief and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly as I've gone on in al and gone on in life, work in particular has raised up some horrendous challenges for me, which uh, thanks to going to al meetings and getting a sponsor uh, uh, in the Al-Anon program I've been able to work through. So it's um, it's been a fantastic, uh, not only aid to recovery, but also kind of a, a, a survival kit because yeah. the world is a complicated place. Workplace environment is very often messy and complicated. There are all sorts of agendas, mm-hmm. you know, that people have got in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and Al-Anon... Uh, and having a sponsor in Al-Anon has really taught me so many things. I mean, um, uh, not only about the workplace, but also about my family. I'll give you one example. So I shared before the break, and that, you know, my father is emotionally, both my parents are emotionally really shut down. So on a spectrum of emotions, they do angry and they do numb. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> which is which is pretty limited. Um, so I've learned in the program that in the past, I used to go to my parents seeking emotional support from 
parents who were simply unable to give that. And time and time again, you know, I'd go, uh, when they lived in Sydney and I was living in Melbourne, I'd go up to Sydney and un- unconsciously, all this was at a subconscious level, I'd be going to try mm-hmm. and get the emotional nurture that I craved as a two-year-old, as a one-year-old, as a three-year-old, and that they were never able to give. And of course, it always had ended in failure. Yep. And then I'd get angry and, the you know, the visits would, quite often end in a in a in an argument um in the program working through listening to other people sharing and learning to share myself about my own dysfunctions um i i came to realize oh my goodness this is what i've been doing i've been seeking approval you know i'm an addict for affirmation yeah. i'm an affirmation <laughs> yes. addict yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wanting affirmation i'm wanting love from people that are not able to give it yeah. and I, I've heard in Al-Anon meetings, don't go to a hardware store expecting to buy bread. <laughs> you know, So I no longer go to my parents expecting them to give me the kind of love and nurture and attention that I needed growing up because they're not able to give it. And I'm reconciled with that. Yep. You know, I'm no longer angry about it. Yep. For years, oh golly, I carried around so much anger uh, at the world because of all of the needs that were unmet, you know, as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I never put two, I, I didn't know how to put two and two together. But that started, I learned mathematics in Al-Anon. I learned, um, you know, uh, that uh, two plus two equals four. I learned life skills like don't go to people in the workplace or don't go to people in my family who are not able to give w- what I want. And yep. You know, yep. and it's just going to end in a crisis and trouble. Yep. I mean, that's just one example of a whole range of areas of growth in understanding and awareness and um, functionality in the workplace and in the world. So, mm. you know, I, I was really, uh, I think, pretty much heading for rock bottom mm-hmm. when I got into Al-Anon. Yep. But thanks to the program and, and the tremendous personal recovery and all of the uh, tools for recovery that the program offers and the insights, like, you know, you don't, you don't go to a hardware shop expecting to buy milk or bread. Don't go to, don't go to hard people and expect kindness because you're not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, these truisms yep. uh, that keep, people keep coming up with in uh, you know, in meetings have just been invaluable. Yeah. Um, and as life changes, yeah. as life changes, Mike, I think more, you know, you get different situations and then, then you're going to uh, get you hear different things at meetings depending on what you need at that point. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So as I've gone on in my career and it's, it's changed, I actually had a mid-life career change and, that, um, and that's good. Uh, but all of that is thanks to realizing, okay, I no longer want to do what I've been doing for 19 years. I actually want to do something else. That would never have happened had Mm. I not had the inner awareness that comes, you know, through my participation in in this 12-step program. Sure. Um, We'll take another break now. Um, This is a song uh, from Van Morrison called Virgo Queen, um, and then we'll be right back after that to uh, speak a little bit more to Mike. Let us help you to forget Let us help you unlock it It's not nearly time to quit 
you've only started you gotta sit down one day please oh let your laughter below to visit Planet X on Thursday nights between 11.30 and 12.30. You'll hear special guests and musicians talk about their musical obsessions. I'll be playing otherworldly audio pleasures and there'll be free CDs and gig tickets for 3CR subscribers. Planet X on 3CR, 8.55am, digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au on Thursdays at 11.30pm. Sometimes. Sometimes people close their minds, perhaps out of loyalty to opinions they've held for a long time. But the real loyalty we owe is to truth. If you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. 
So if you're struggling yourself or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111 500. That's 1300 111 500. Wellways supports 3CR. Welcome back to the Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. And we're talking today with Mike about recovery from the effects of being close to someone with a problem of alcoholism and, in fact, um, with a problem of um, other addictions. Uh, If there is someone um, listening today who is in that position, um, I think a lot of what Mike is talking about will resonate with you. Um, so, Mike, we were talking before about how the the Al-Anon program helps us in all areas of life, at all stages in life, uh, not just in the middle of a crisis with with an alcoholic. How do you work the 12 steps in your daily life these days? Okay, well, maybe I'll just give the first step. So, um, uh, step one says we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, how does that work out in my daily life today? Well... Um, apart from my elderly parents, who themselves are affected uh, by alcoholism in the family tree, um, as far as I know, I don't have anybody immediately that I'm related to that's affected by alcohol. Um, but there are plenty of issues that come up for me at work or in my family. I'm married. Uh, we've got a, a 10-year-old um, where I have to realise actually I'm, I'm powerless over that. There are certain things uh, in the workplace, attitudes of other people uh, um, in particular uh, that I've just got to accept I'm powerless over. I think before coming to an understanding, uh, you know, of these fabulous steps, I would have ploughed on a bit like a bull in a china shop, you know, wanting, demanding that people change, you know, whether it's my wife or you know, Bill Bloggs in the workplace or Mary Brown in the workplace, you know, and all this was unconscious. So I'd go around causing havoc like a bull in a china shop, unaware, you know, that I had the problem. Um, So just step one alone of the 12 steps has taught me to step back, you know, and just admit that I'm powerless over so many things in life. I hear in the program powerless over people and places and events that are outside of myself. The one thing that I'm not powerless over is the ability to change myself and change my attitude towards things. Um, And as you know, there are 12 steps and we don't have time uh, to go through them all. But I I think I can summarize them uh, safely enough by saying uh, the first three steps are about you know, admitting we're powerlessness and turning that aspect of our lives over to the care of God as we understand God, you know, whether it's good orderly direction or the God of the Bible or whatever, you know. Um, uh, And the next uh, three steps are coming, uh, making the searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and admitting that to ourselves and to others and to G-O-D as we understand G-O-D and that's about truth telling to ourselves Uh, the next three ones are about making amends to people that we've hurt and the last three steps are about continuing that process on a day by day basis so whether it's for me in the workplace or in my immediate family or my extended family or out in traffic whatever it might be 
um, instead of getting angry at, at the traffic jam, I've just got to accept I'm powerless mm-hmm. over it. You know, and I've got options. I can turn on the radio. I can make a phone call to a friend, you know, whatever it might be. Um, So I think the 12 steps have been fabulous in helping me recover emotionally from the the impact of alcoholism in our family tree. But it's a fantastic tool for navigating the complexities of life. And indeed, they weren't formulated just to fix addictions, were they? They were... They came out of an earlier um, movement before AA uh, that was about just how to live a, a good life. Is that right? Yes, that's the truth that. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm learning something today. That, yeah. which is, that's great, yeah. Yep. yeah. But anyway, yeah, back all... to you, back to you. <laughs> no, um, no, no. Well, the, the steps are basically about getting real, mm-hmm. uh, about our limitations, uh, about making amends for the times that we've acted crazy and hurt other people, <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot, uh, and and continuing on in the process of recovery. Um, and as I said before, you know, I apply I apply this program in the workplace so often I have to because I'm uh, uh, effectively the general manager of an organisation, and it's it, it's big and it's complex, and there are lots of personalities there. Uh, and I need as much help as I can get mm-hmm. to deal with, you know, people and and to deal with me, yep. you know, so that I don't go into obsessive controlling behaviours, yep. you know, and, and I leave things up to G.O.D. as I understand G.O.D. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and that's all good. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's a program for life. It's a program for recovery from being affected by someone else's drinking, but it's truly a program for life. Beautiful. Thanks, Mike. Look, in the last, um, we've only got about a minute left now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In the in the last minute before you, before we leave you, um, what would you say to someone thinking about um, joining Al-Anon but not having taken that first step to going to a meeting? What would you say to oh, them? To close with, well, I would say uh, jump onto the internet and uh, Google Al-Anon Australia because there's a whole lot of information about Al-Anon on Al-Anon Australia. And you'll also discover that Al-Anon is worldwide. It's, as far as I know, it's in just about every country in the world mm-hmm. uh, because it's such a fantastic, fantastic program. There are electronic meetings, you know, uh, there are phone meetings, there are in-person meetings, and the Al-Anon Australia website will give you uh, access to... Uh, you know, all the meetings in your state, in your city, in your town, in the country, wherever it, wherever you are in Australia. So help is available. Take that step. Uh, get onto the internet um, uh, or ring the Al-Anon service office. Their number's in the phone book. Um, and I think they operate uh, Tuesday to Thursday from 10 till 2 or something like that. Certainly in Melbourne they do. Uh, and just ask for help. Just be willing to reach out and ask for help. Helps yeah. a phone call away. Thank you very much for that. And we've actually got a little bit more time. So what about a little message of hope to that, to that person? A little message of hope. Um, there are others uh, uh, in the program who will have experienced uh, at least something of what you're going through. If you've never been to an Al-Anon program, I, I would say give yourself the gift of checking out an Al-Anon meeting, whether it's online uh, or whether it's in person, um, go to six meetings in quick succession, in fairly quick succession, to work out if the program's for you. Uh, and go with an open mind.
mind, try to keep an open mind, listen to the similarities between what people share and your own experience. And I think you'll be amazed to discover how much of what people share relates to your own experience. And that's how you'll grow. That's how you'll recover. So I hope that's a hopeful message. That's a very hopeful message. Um, thank you so much for coming on our show today, Mike. My brand, thank you for having me. Great. Okay, that's all we've got time for today. Um, so um, thanks again, Mike. Um, to everyone out there, if you're concerned about the drinking of a re- in a relative or friend and would like to find out more about Al-Anon family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online, as Mike said, at alanon.org.au. Next week, our guest on Living Free is from Smart Recovery Australia. And coming up next, we have Balanoir, the Spirit of War, hosted by Uncle Taljum Choco Edwards. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got a song called One More Time by Liz Stringer.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.